Hey guys, and welcome back for another episode of the Social Hour Podcast, a podcast for SOAS by SOAS. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm your host, Bethany. And today we're talking about sewing health, healthy sewing. Yeah. You're probably wondering what in the world is there to talk about <laughs> with your health and sewing. And we're going to tell you. And we're going to also admit that we probably don't follow these rules very well. We've done some research and um, we, I feel like there's a lot of things that I could be doing better. So I think just like last time when we talked about machine care and safety, it's just good to remind yourself of those things. We're kind of sticking to that topic today with machine health and, or no, I'm sorry, sewing health. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to kind of talk about that and yeah. Would you say that you're a healthy sewist, Ashley, when it comes to your sewing? I'm, no. Based on what we've uh, researched. Well, I mean, I have gone through, no, no, I'm not. (laughs) Like, even when I was at the height of, like, making things like crazy, like, I was so unhealthy. And I ruined my wrist and ended up having to have surgery. Oh, my gosh. So, um, and that's actually really common with people who sew is in, uh, and knit and crochet and do a lot of work with their hands. Um, my mom's had to have the hand surgeries before. Yeah. And so, you know, just it, kind of ignore just, those signs and symptoms and just because we want to do it. Well, it's, not, and it's not just that, but we are, if we just took the time to like take breaks. Yeah. Or do do like massages and stretches and and, you know, but it's hard because we're so driven and we're we so enjoy our craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed I, you know, I just picked up crocheting. I decided mm-hmm. for some reason two months ago, I know exactly why I decided to dive down into this rabbit hole. And we can talk about that later. But I picked it up a, two months ago and I can't stop. But I was crocheting, 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 and I found my hands starting to hurt. And I instantly got on Amazon and ordered, I you can just search crochet gloves. And they're like compression gloves without the fingers for your hands and wrist. And I was like, I know this is silly, but like, I also know that, you know, I'm really close to 40 and my, I want, my hands have to keep serving me because it's part of my job too. And, but I still want to enjoy this. And so I ordered gloves. Mm-hmm. I am that person now. And I'm like, I don't they care how it looks. Um, I haven't crocheted since I got them. They just came in the mail yesterday. So I haven't tried them on yet. Oh, okay. I got ones that are like my skin color so that they're not like super obvious. I didn't get the hot pink ones because I felt like that if I'm like sitting at the airport or, you oh, know, yeah. it would be real obvious. Um, but yeah, no, I just, uh, I got this, the skin, like the nude ones. And, mm. um, so we'll see, but you know, I didn't I, know those the, were a thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of look at it as like a compression glove. Um, yeah. I, as a former like gymnast, my entire life and, you know, did all of that crazy stuff, very competitive growing up. Um, I've had some wrist injuries before, and, um, your body's just not meant to bend backwards like that over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And so I'm paying for it severely now, um, in my late thirties. And so, you know, I, I think that was part of it is it's kind of like, I'm doing these kind of twisty ro- rotations with my wrist. And after a while I'm like, oh. yeah, so, you know, got pace yourself, but let's, let's dive into some sewing health. We're going to go through a few topics here. Mm-hmm. And I think the first one is ergonomics and posture. I can tell you, I absolutely fail this right here um, when it comes to sewing. I do not have a good sewing chair. Mm-hmm. I use a cheap stool that I got from Home Goods that's meant for like your bathroom vanity while you sit there for a few minutes to, you know, I sit on this tiny stool and I like it because it goes really tall uh. and it's really small. So it's easy to kind of wheel under my table or, and I can raise it to my cutting table height, but then I can lower it to like my sewing machine height and I can just scoot around from space, you know. I don't have a huge sewing space, Mm -hmm. so I can't have big chairs. So I'm on the hunt for the perfect stool. I don't want a chair with a back, really. I want a stool Mm -hmm. uh, for my sewing room. And um, I have yet to find, I've I've sat in in several, and I have yet to find one that made me go, yeah, that's it. That's the one. And I just don't know. 
I know. I have uh, my chair that I'm sitting in now is like it was like a fifty dollars special, but then I also went out and got like an almost three hundred dollar chair, and I'm telling you, there's no difference yeah. when I'm sitting in both of them. So, <laughs> I, like, I I don't know what the answer is, but the my children always end up on fire. Yeah, and I don't know if it's me or if it's the chair. Your Can't shoulders are on fire. It's because you're the way you're looking down and slouching. Well, even like this, you're sewing and you're lifting, right? Yeah. You're lifting your shoulders a little bit. Even if you do, you don't even realize how much you're doing it. You're constantly yeah. just. So I'm like, do I need to have a higher chair so that I'm or lower my table? Yeah, I don't know. But then I'm also like, I got to see what I'm doing. I bring <laughs> my head down. Yeah. So. I don't know what the I've answer is. I've seen those like things that strap around your back that kind of hold your shoulders in place. Oh, yeah. of, you know, and I'm like, oh, I really should. But then I'm like, would I even use that? I don't know. If I got myself into it, would I be able to get myself out of it? Probably not. <laughs> Can you imagine it looks like a Chinese like, finger trap. <laughs> it's like, right, exactly. <laughs> I Okay, so I went to the OSQE. Expo. So the original sewing and quilting expo here in Nashville, it's in Lebanon um, at the fairgrounds. I went to it yesterday. It's still going on. And um, there was a late, I, they all, they have all these different chairs and stools mm. and stuff that you can sit in and so, several different booths. There's the arrow chairs, which are just square and they have oh, low yeah. profile and they have this rectangular back and, and it's a lower back. So it hits right at your mid back and, um, and they're comfortable chairs. Don't get me wrong, but they're like the most basic looking chair. And they put like, pretty fabric on it, right? They put all sorts of crazy fabrics, which I don't like. I want something solid and that's going to match like my sewing room, which mm -hmm. is more like light pastels, which they don't have any colors that match that. Yeah. And so I was like, it's not my style. But even if it was the most comfortable chair in the world, um, it's it can at the show, the show price, which is always way cheaper, is three hundred dollars and for that basic chair. And it does have like the seat does have storage. And I was like, you know what? If I put anything in that seat, I would get it was there yeah, and would lose it. Yeah. Um and so I was like, I, I just, I, I've sat in them a few times and while they're comfortable, sometimes I feel like they feel extra comfortable while I'm at those shows mm -hmm. because I've been on my feet on concrete floor the whole time and yes. I just need to sit down. So then right. I'm like, oh, that feels so good because I've been on my feet. And then I'm like, yeah. but I, but if I sat in this for three hours, would it still be comfortable? So I thought that that was like all cushion. So there's a box in there. It's a box. Like you so lift then the, the cushion box. isn't really that thick i mean and it's how thick. long is it gonna be like till it's compressed know. down and then you're sitting on a box i don't know but they sell them like crazy and i think part of the reason they sell them so well is the crazy fun prints well if arrow People. wants to send us a couple to test it, i would love <laughs> i mean <laughs> i just i don't know and i i need a chair that's gonna go higher yeah if they had like mm -hmm. a higher taller version for my cutting table right yeah because yeah, I sit at my that. cutting table a lot. And yeah. project planning, I'm piecing, I'm clipping, I'm cutting, I'm doing all sorts of things. It would be I'm I'm a lot of times I take my computer and put it on my cutting table. Yeah. And um and, and so I like to sit a fire. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've sat in those and some people really like them. And don't get me wrong, it was comfortable when I sat in it. Sure. I just even at the sale price, I was like, I can't justify. $300 for my butt to sit in. I something. can imagine if I brought a chair home that expensive, Adam would be like, yeah. So, cause he, in his mind, like an expensive chair would be like a huge gaming chair with like, yeah, you know, all these things it's built so into it. Looking. That's why I'm like, but, but really, I don't know. I think, yeah. I don't know. It could just be brandy. It's but... be just very deceiving. And maybe that's what has to happen is you need to get a chair. That's just basic. And then maybe, amazing. maybe I'm a, but yeah. I don't know. And yeah. then yesterday I sat in two different chairs I've never sat in before. I'm going to, the first one was um, a lady had brought, she actually was promoting her sewing retreat space in Alabama and it's a beautiful space and they have these chairs. It's, it's kind of like the same shape in style as the arrow chairs, but they're more like a desk chair. Okay. So it, it has like, like the, the whole back and the whole bottom, right? So they, you can put arms on them or you can take the arms off. She had the arms off of it, but it's cords all the way across 
the bottom and across the back. It's corded. There's no cushion. And they're from the container store because I asked her where she got it. They're from the container store. I really liked it because it's not going to take, it's not a huge chair. It's not going to take up a huge amount of space. It just didn't get very tall. Mm-hmm. I needed it to go a little higher. Um, but I, it was really comfortable. I didn't look up the price um of these chairs on the container store and she did say they came in some different colors so if they came in like a nude color i would be all over that um but uh i really liked it like maybe if i had it at my desk in my sewing room i could and i could use it for that and i could still use it to sew at and that would be fine um and i could keep my stool that i have for my cutting table area if i ever want to sit on that but um it was it was it was nice. I was impressed. And then the last, I last chair I sat in, and I don't know the name of it. I'll have to look it up. I got the lady's card. Um, it's a stool, mm-hmm. but girl, it is shaped like a saddle. Like you mount it like oh. you're a horse. Interesting. And it's big and kind of bulky in the middle. The only thing that kind of concerns me about it. While it was really comfortable and supports yeah. the hip, it's a wider seat, so it supports the hip. The only thing that made me kind of go, mm, is this really going to work for me for sewing, is the way you mount it. You know, when you sit on a horse, your legs are kind of going right out that way instead of in front of you. And my presser foot's in front of me. So I would yeah. have to turn my presser foot over here, you know, to the... I'd, I don't feel like I could scoot up under my ta- my small counter space in front of my machine with both of my legs going out the side. Yeah. But I mean, I literally was like holding onto the front of it. Like you literally are mounting a horse. It was kind of funny when I got, I was like, can I, st-? I will ask anybody if I can sit in their seat because I have been on the hunt for the perfect seat. So they weren't even selling them, but she does sell them. And so she had it there and I was like, can I sit in your seat? <laughs> <laughs> so weird, but I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah, we're my stool, really looking for something. Everything amazing. I love everything about my little stool, except for the fact that sitting on that smaller stool, I don't get the hip support I need. And after a while, my hips do hurt. Yeah, and it hurts to stand up and walk. And I hate to say that, but this is like 40. Okay, like this is what happens. And I'm, you know, I don't so have any problems with my hips. It's just all on my shoulders. Yeah. I might just need to go get some massages or something. Go get, go to the chiropractor. I know it's not for everybody. Let's move on because we do feel like, you know, well, hip, hips and back and shoulder and neck. The other thing I, I find we're all experiencing, and this isn't just so us is the neck, like getting that bump in the back of your neck. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's because we're looking down at our phones. We're looking down at our tablets. We're looking down at our sewing or our cutting. So I, I watched this thing recently where they were talking about that and you literally have to spend Mm -hmm. time looking up. Yes. So sometimes I just like sit in my room and just look up. It's like, they want, I just got to give myself a break. Well, I watch a chiropractor online and he has this little special pillow that Mm -hmm. you put and it cradles Mm -hmm. the back of your neck and it just makes you in that right position. And in his mind, he's like, he would want you to do it like 50% looking down, 50% looking up, but he knows that's unrealistic, Mm -hmm. but at least do it like 20 minutes a day. And also Mm -hmm. with your back to get one of those foam rollers and put it like kind of where the bra strap is mm-hmm. and then just curve your back backwards laying on the floor. Even if you need to put a pillow behind your head, mm-hmm. um, just to counter what you've been doing all day. Yep. Um, so I do that a lot and it actually like helps so much because it it's does. Just like, oh, I've been in this way for so long and it's just, it's so nice just to like lay there. <laughs> yeah. I have, um, I don't know if you've seen them advertised, they're like circles mm-hmm. and they're like foam rollers they are padded. Um, and, but there's different sizes and you can get them in a set. I have those and they have the groove cut out of the center of the mm-hmm. circle for your mm-hmm. spine mm-hmm. and you roll back yeah. and forth on those. And I mean, oh, so I nice. like crave it. I'm like, Oh, I, I can't do anything else until I lay on my living room floor and roll back and forth a couple times. And then yeah. I feel like a new person. I'm telling you, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. they're amazing 
So you just make a list of our Amazon finds. What now? We need to make a list of our Amazon finds. Put that in the description. (laughs) Right? We should. Um, Okay. So moving on to eye health. Um, So this kind of goes along with what we were just talking about is taking breaks. Um, We're doing very intricate things. We're looking at a light. Usually we have extra lights shining on our machines. It's very bright. We're highly focused. So you can get eye fatigue. Um, Mm -hmm. Eye fatigue can cause you to make mistakes and possibly injure yourself. Um, you know, so just taking breaks, getting up, walking around, staying hydrated, um, eye strain, you know, it can be really like the more you do it, the, the more it can injure your eyes and cause more issues. Uh, take it from someone who has to wear glasses all the time now. And five years ago, I wasn't a glasses wearer every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have to, you know, you have be- to change your focus. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at things very close up, you have to make a point of looking far away right. as much as you do so that good you can lighting, good yeah. lighting plays into that too. So oh, make yeah, sure you strain not, your eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not working in the dark, um, uh, or, you know, those kind of things. And then also like use magnifying tools, like, don't be afraid to do they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know with Viking and Foff, we actually have attachments for some of our machines now that have magnifying things that come oh, up. Really? You can buy other ones, yeah, for different machines. They're out there already. They attach to your machine and they magnify your sewing area. So if you're doing a lot of fine sewing, piecing, free motion, quilting, anything. Anything that's really detailed, if you're trying to top stitch close to an edge and you're going, oh my gosh, I can't see that. Oh gosh. And you're squinting, mm-hmm. you catch yourself squinting and hunching over. You're hunching over too, because you have to get closer to see it. So mm-hmm. seriously, like the magnifiers are huge and they help people not have to lean in so far, which can also be more dangerous. So mm-hmm. that's, um, that's uh, I think, another tool that can be very helpful. Um, repetitive motion injuries. We talked about this earlier with my crocheting, but you know, this is where you get carpal tunnel syndrome or tendinitis. Um, anything that was the rotary cutters that did it to me. Yeah. Um, so like I said, stretching exercises, hand and wrist movements to reduce, um, the risk of those injuries. What are some of the ones like the praying hands in front of you and then turning it down? Yeah. And then I also like to do like the straight arm stretch because then you're getting that stretch into the forearm as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm I'm not an advocate for popping fingers and necks and toes and whatnots, but I do. Yeah. And um, I, you know, sometimes the stretching I is huge. Even just putting your hand flat on a wall with your arms straight and just like allowing your, you know, the stretch mm-hmm. of the carpal tunnel and stuff like that, because that's that's what I ended up having to have surgery on is the carpal tunnel. Yeah. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. The recovery from hand surgery is rough. It took a year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you're not able to do all the things you want to do. So that's why we're talking about this because we want you to take care of yourself so you can continue to enjoy your craft. Yeah. Um, Cutting and handling tools discuss safety. Like we're going to talk about like some safety precautions when using cutting tools, which we kind of talked about last week, mm-hmm. but you know, this is where those injuries. So let's talk about not so much hurting yourself with it in the sense of like cutting yourself. But like Ashley was just saying, like doing the same repetitive over and over and over oh. is where you get that, that injury, those other injuries. Well, remember, remember when I told you that I cut out so many masks and then mm-hmm. you were telling me that you <laughs> smarter, used, not harder. Used, what were you doing? I used my cricket to cut them. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know Bethany at the time, but oh my, I probably wouldn't have had surgery if I would have known that I could cut it out with a cricket. Cricket even had their own pattern in their oh. cricket design space. So that's what I, I was could have using. I just made my own like put my own pattern in it though, as an SVG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it just, Anytime I, I can use Cricut to cut out something or my cu- any cutting machine um, that can cut out something for me, I'm going to use it. Well, I just, especially if it's intricate and small. Every yeah. time. And it was Every curved. Time. So I had to go around like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it would just, it had the rotary, it had the maker three. So the rotary blade and it would just do, 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 do all of them. 
And I would just sit there and rotate the mats. I had so many mats and I would just put the fabric on and rotate them out. And then I would cut a bunch and then I would sew a bunch and then I cut a bunch and and I could, and I had like three different sizes that in Cricut Cricut design space offered three different sizes. And then I just Mm -hmm. sewed them. So yeah, when you're doing bulk things, like when I make, um, when I was making hair bows for my doggy bandana business, Mm -hmm. um, I designed my own hair bow pattern and, 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 design space and um by using like three shapes it was so simple and i had it cut out all my hair bows i never cut one out by hand not one there's no way because they're small so yeah work harder or work smarter not harder (laughs) for sure um and then we want to talk a little bit about allergies and respiratory health i don't know about you ashley but i Mm -hmm. suffer from allergies I don't. A lot. Sorry. So fabrics, dust, chemicals, as I mentioned in our last episode with like dyes and chemicals, like on your Mm -hmm. fabrics, like I had an allergic reaction to a brand new shirt that I just bought because of somewhere it had been sprayed or stored somewhere. And Mm -hmm. I broke out in like a rash and had to take it off immediately and go home and change. And I looked like I had hives. It was awful. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why we recommend like washing things, keeping things clean. I also recommend like when you're sewing and cutting material, I don't care if it's a quilting cotton or Sherpa, there's fibers that come off of it mm-hmm. every time you cut, every time you stitch. And you need to keep that in mind and like dust regularly, clean regularly. That's why we talk about cleaning your machines on a regular basis as well. But I even go as far as to take like once a week, I take Clorox wipes and wipe down my cutting table mm-hmm. completely. And I'll wipe down my counters and certain sur- like hard surfaces because it just settles. It yeah. settles. And then I throw some fabric down on the counter and it's like yeah. a plume of cloud, but you don't yeah. see it. That's right. the trick. You don't but then see you it. sneeze and then you're but like, then oh. I'm like sneezing. And then I got a whole fit. And next thing I know, I have a sinus yeah. infection. So, well, I would even recommend maybe wearing a mask if it's like a really fluffy and you're just like, just to avoid the fact that you know that it's going to be, you know, in the ether or just. I made a, oh, what was it? Um, I made that cardigan with a faux mohair. Oh yeah. And it was like hair on this fabric. Okay. It's beautiful. Mm. It's soft. But when you go to cut it, it goes everywhere. And so I cut out all the pieces and then I put all the pieces in a zip, big Ziploc bag because I wasn't going to sew it up right away. Mm-hmm. And I put it in a bag and then I took all the scrap fabric that I had left and I put it in my scrap bin in its own bag so it wouldn't infect the rest of the material in there because it's just so fu- like fuzzy. Once you cut it, it starts to shrink. Yeah or fray. And, um, and then I immediately had to vacuum and wipe down my entire sewing space. I'm not allergic to the material. I'm allergic to all the little fibers in the ears. Yeah. Right. And like, it when you're, too much. when you're like cutting it and it like kind of sticks to the mat and these like little lines, oh, headlines, like, but you know what changed that and helped. So when I, I learned from that experience that if I don't use my rotary cutter to cut that, I either use scissors, like really mm-hmm. good fabric scissors or my electric scissors, which is what I typically use. Mm. Um, when I'm cutting fleece, Sherpa, um, faux camel, Hair. faux alpaca, faux mohair, any of those kind of sh- thick, fluffy materials, I use my electric scissors. It eliminates getting it stuck down into my cutting mat. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts a lot smoother. It does help eliminate some of the fray. It's a mm. much cleaner cut. Um, so that's what mm. I those those electric scissors are that's probably smart i don't have electric scissors oh, they're great i even there's two different blades that it comes with and one is for like cutting up like cardboard or getting oh. into those plastic containers that are like sealed <laughs> nice. shut. i had to use them the other day to get into some presser feet containers because i could or scissor containers because i couldn't get them open and i was like i have electric scissors for this mm-hmm. and so i used them and i was like yeah i won that battle real quick <laughs> so cool. All right, I'm going to skip this next one. We'll save it for last. But number seven here is avoiding overexertion. I feel like I am not the best at preaching on this topic. <laughs> so maybe I'll be quiet here. Um, 
you basically you just want to take breaks. Yeah, Don't. Missy. <laughs> Preaching <laughs> to the choir over here. Take your breaks. Yes. Drink your fluids. Get up and walk around for a minute. I will I will say I do get up and I I get really cold in my sewing room. So I do get up and I'll walk outside and I'll like go get the mail mm-hmm. or I'll let the dogs and out and I'll come back do. in. It's a five minute break, um, but it gets it warms me up because I go outside. <laughs> and um, but it's easier it's, to do in the summer. Yeah, it's harder to do, especially around here in the winter. In the winter, time yeah, in really here too, cold. it gets cold and rainy and gloomy. But yeah, still, I if I just like if I just throw in a jacket and walk outside for like two minutes just to get the mail, yeah. you know, it's just to get my body moving. I don't want to get up and go sit somewhere else. I want to get up right. and I want to move. I want to. Even if Sometimes I'll just do chores. I'll just be like, you know, I've been sewing. So I go upstairs and I vacuum because it's just me walking around vacuuming or I'm going to go do the laundry. It gets me up moving and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not the best break, but it's not. <laughs> if I, I know that if I go sit on the couch for a break, I'm going to stay there. <laughs> Yeah, same. We're stuck in a real loop, and then I'm like, oh, you know, it's harder Rolling to get back up. Yeah, so just take a break where it's like an equally active activity, but just a different posture and a different, you know, way yeah. of doing things. Then you can still just jump back into sewing. It's funny because I was thinking about this the other day in our group text with me, you, and Diana, and our group chat on Instagram. Um, I can always tell when one of us is in like stuck in one of those loops where we're just like <laughs> yeah. zoned into like Instagram reels because we'll send a bunch back to back to each to the group. And so like I will be busy doing something. Ashley will be do- busy doing something and Diana's blowing us up with reels. <laughs> and then we get caught up and we look at them and we'll start ta- talking or whatever. And she's like working and then Ashley yeah. starts sending them and then I start sending them. It's just but we're all on like different wavelengths and I'm, it's funny I, it, we because we all do it. Yeah, we all do it. For me, sometimes it's just the mental break. It's just amazing how much that time goes by when you're doing it. Yeah, you have to put like a timer, maybe like uh, 10 minutes to look at reels and that's it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I just need the app to shut down. That's what I need. I just need yeah. it to be like, no, you're done. That would be good. Yeah, you're done. Um, supportive sewing accessories. So you know, sewing accessories obviously can promote like comfort and health, but such as like those ergonomic things that we were talking about, like having the right sewing machine tables, you Mm -hmm. can use cushioned mats. So sometimes when I go, when I go to like our sewing club meetup, I take a cushion or pillow because the chairs there sit so low Mm. and I need to sit up higher to be able to comfortably sew. Mm. Um, So I take a pillow with me. (laughs) Um, So whenever I go to like classes and stuff, I tend to take something to sit on like a booster seat. I'm not joking because you just never know what the chair situation is going to be like. Yeah, You'll just screw yourself up on the way home. And when you're taking some of these classes at these expos, the chairs are just these plastic folding chairs because that's what they have bulk of. Yeah, you're sitting sitting in this chair for three hours in a class. Oh, God. That's Yeah. So, um, and then, I don't know, some people have machines with knee lifters and some people don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah. I have it I on my industrial, but I don't have it on my domestic. Well, my industrial can use one, but when I got it, it didn't have one with it. So I can always get one for oh, it. Yeah, you and I, prob- I probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, but my foot pedal on the floor lifts oh. it as well. It's like a alternating. Oh, okay. That's so, so cool. So I don't necessarily really need it because my foot pedal will do it. But my FOF... Mm-hmm. Sewing an embroidery machine does have a knee lift and my, um, Viking serger, my Aerothread big serger has oh, a knee really? lift. It oh, really? Wow. I huh. don't use them on those machines because of how my counters are built. I have storage mm-hmm. right underneath. So there's not room for the knee lift to go oh, okay. yeah. out and under the counter. I have, I have cubbies and storage there, so it would bump into those and wouldn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really the only reason I haven't used it. I have used it on those machines in different settings, and I love it. But hmm. I haven't been using them in my sewing space for that reason, just because of my storage underneath my counter. So 
Anyways, but I do love a good knee lift. It's very common in industrial machines to use them and have them. Um, And that's how I got used to them. But some people really don't like them. And it's just a, it's just a personal preference. Yeah, but, you don't have to, but the, the, the foot, the the lever on the industrial is so hard to do with your hands that yeah. you just, you don't want to use that one. So you do use the, um, the knee lift, the, but, um, I have, you the, also want to keep your hands like with an industrial machine. You usually want to keep your yes. hands on the material yeah, and, and to keep it in place. And so having that knee lift is like having a third hand. Yeah, exactly. So. But I I also have the reliever mats that I have in front of my cutting table. Um, I use them in the kitchen, but I love to have them in here too. And just so everybody knows, those are those really thick padded floor mats Mm -hmm. that you can stand on, Mm -hmm. um, which I think are so smart to have, especially if you're going to be standing there cutting a lot um at your cutting table i think we spend more time cutting material than we do sewing it yeah and carpets don't actually help as much as you think so you might be like oh i have a carpeted space it's like and then it'll it'll be like you'll notice a difference i notice it in my shoulders Mm -hmm. Um, but even when i'm in my kitchen i have one in front of the sink and if i'm in front of the stove which i really should get too um i can feel it creeping up into my shoulders and then I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to move the mat over. <laughs> yeah. But it really, uh, it helps a lot. You would be very surprised. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I like it when I get to use those, when I do sewing expos and I'm standing on concrete yeah. for 12 hours. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You um, couldn't survive. It'd be horrible. I've done, well, I have survived expos without them. And <laughs> I had, I, well, it wasn't ankles? cute. The ankles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I almost bought compression socks because I thought my legs were going to explode on the flight home. They, I've never in my life, they were worse than when I was pregnant with Brock. Oh my God. That's they were so, so bad. It was four straight days of standing on concrete. I was like, where's, I need a mat. I need, I'm, and I, there was no chairs. I literally stood the entire time. Wow. So yeah. I mean, that was really, that. Yeah. That was I, live and learn. Next time I'll go buy the stuff. And, right. Yeah. Um, it was my first time doing that expo and we were kind of a last minute ad and so we had to work with what we were provided and that's okay Mm -hmm. but i will not be doing i will not put myself in that position again i will make sure i get someone to give me breaks (laughs) to sit down and eat (laughs) um and take breaks because my legs hurt so bad i like went i went back to the hotel every night and laid on the floor which I hate doing in hotels. Mm-hmm. I laid on the floor with my legs straight up against the wall. Wow. For, for like an hour or two, just so I could go to bed without being in pain. Because the, wow. the swelling was so tight. It, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. You have to be careful. So if you're standing a lot, you know, you're going to be doing Like when I um, had my bandana business and I was mass producing dog bandanas. I mean, thousands of bandanas. I was cutting. So my hands would hurt really bad. Um, I was standing and leaning over. Um, so yeah, I went before I had my cutting table. That's tall. I used like a five foot folding table (laughs) and, um, I got bed risers Mm. and put those under the legs of the cutting table to raise the height of the cutting table. So I wasn't leaning over so far because it was hurting my back to lean that Mm -hmm. far over to cut. So it's just those bed risers from Walmart are like, or from Amazon are like nothing. You get four of them and they can elevate a table real easily. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go back and talk real quick about mental health benefits. I feel like this is one where I'm at either end of the spectrum. <laughs> I am living my best life sewing. It's my favorite thing to do. It's so my fun. happy place. It's my therapy. And then... I lose my mojo. I get burnt out. Uh, everything I touch falls apart and isn't going right. And I, all my creative juices have dried up and I don't even want to go in there. And then I decide to learn to crochet and that's all I've been doing for two months. Me aggressively pick up a new hobby and hyper-focus on it. It's part ADHD and I'm burnt out. But I can't sit still, so I have to fill that gap with something else that's going to hold my interest until I find my mojo again. 
But right yeah. now, my Mojo Dozo Dojo Casa House is not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do. That was um, a Barbie movie reference for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. My Mojo Dojo Casa House is yeah. closed for business. It really needs to be open because I have a million things I need to be sewing right now. And obviously, I do my work sewing. So mm-hmm. I still go in there and I sew. But Hard. I haven't sewed anything fun or for myself in a long time. Yeah, you need to you need to do a fun project for yourself. That you, you want can... another, another sign Ooh. that I'm not feeling it right now is I went to bed at 630 last night. Mm-hmm. I was literally in bed. I think I actually fell asleep before nine o'clock. I just was like done. Like, well, I had a headache because the storm was coming in. So I was n- not feeling great to begin with. But the last few nights I have been in bed by like 930. And I'm usually starting a project at 930. And that's so, okay. You can do that. We're in a downward but swing of this emotional to. mental health right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we need to get you, you back, your mojo right going. Now, it's just, this is a really busy season for work. Mm-hmm. And I just keep telling myself, if I can get through convention and we can get past some of this stuff, it'll be fine. But I yeah. already know the things that are lined up for the new year and that I have to start planning as soon as convention's over. And I'm like, it's probably not going to be fine. But um, it always works out. I mean, you haven't imploded yet it just your mental health might be imploding a bit but you seem oh. to figure it out in the ninth hour or what is it the <laughs> i mean i always pull it off and i work well under pressure i just yeah i feel bad because i have all this time that i could have been working ahead on things yeah but i just don't have the motivation right now i don't mm-hmm. have the desire or the willpower or the like i so badly want to make a beautiful gown to wear for the formal night at convention. Mm-hmm. I bought the fabric months ago. I have mm-hmm. the pattern picked out. I don't want to, I don't, I just, I, I just got to do it. And that's the part that's hard. But yeah. I also know I have a backup plan should I not do it. So that's right. the other thing is like, do you I need to not have a backup plan. Huh? You need to not have a backup plan. I have another outfit I could wear that I is mean made that I could wear. Oh, okay. Um, so that's my backup plan. But you know, there's there's other things I want to do, and it's just sometimes I feel like I bit off more than I can chew. Yeah. Um, and I have been biting off more than I could chew for a little too long, and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like I don't want to chew anymore. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. It just I'm like it out. <laughs> so I'm just being honest with you guys because seriously, like I feel like we all go through these highs and lows. Mm-hmm, Sometimes I put do. a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then when you do that, then it gets overwhelming because you caused all this pressure on yourself. Yeah, and then you just... I, I love my job. Don't get me wrong, but you know, having a creative job is a dream come true for me because I I need that to keep my sanity. Mm-hmm. I've worked more in corporate jobs before and. My creative outlet in the evenings wasn't enough because it just wasn't enough. So I'm so grateful for my creative job. It's just sometimes the end of being creative all day or doing for that all day, I don't want to do anything else. You know, I kind of get a little mentally burnt out or I need a palate cleanser and I just don't even have the energy or the mental capacity to want to sew a tank top. You know, it's just like meh. So and that's when you have know. to look look towards your creative friends and then yeah. plan something. Well, and that's why I said to you before we hit record today, do you want to sew the math pack up with me? Do <laughs> I have time to sew that up before convention? Absolutely not. There's a million other things I need to be doing right Make now. Make time. But tonight, you and I are going to get on our industrial machines, and I'm going to sew my first bag on it. My first Yay! bag. Oh, and we're going to do it together live. I know when you guys hear this, it's going to be after the fact, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Um, and I'm excited because I we've been wanting to do this for a while. This is the same. Um, the Mav Pack pattern is by Lynn's Handmade. This is the kit that I gave Ashley for our one year anniversary with the podcast. And so mm-hmm. when I was at the OSQE Expo yesterday, the same people were there with the same kits or different kits, actually. And I got a different one for so we can do it together. Nice. Um, so I want to sew it up mm-hmm. and I need a palate cleanser. And I think if I just say, you know what, I don't care what else is on my plate. I know it'll get done. 
I need to do this for me. I yeah, need to remind myself why I love to sew. And right <laughs> now I'm struggling with, with my love with sewing. Not that I don't love it. It's just, I'm not in love with it at the moment. I still yeah. like it. I, I just don't, well, let me rephrase that. I still love it. I just don't like it right now. <laughs> it's not me. It's them. It, it is me. It's all me. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to, okay. we're going to sew a little later together this evening after I get done with my work day and you know, all that fun stuff, but mm-hmm. mental health, I feel like we, it's a form of self-care and yeah. I'm, I think I shared all of that with you guys just to give you permission that it's okay if you're not always feeling it. As someone who posts a lot on social media about my sewing and, and what I my projects and I try to inspire people, sometimes I put pressure on myself that I have to keep producing to mm-hmm. keep people engaged and interested. But that's doing me and them a disservice because if I'm not feeling it, it's not going to come across well anyways. And so there's been times where I haven't posted for a week or two and you'll just see me a little bit here and there in my stories. And then all of a sudden I'll come back to life and I'll post a little more like my that's crochet. Too, though, that I did. You know, I just put a lot of pressure on myself about it. Yeah. So it's just, stop. but if you do that as well, it's okay to take breaks. It's you don't owe anybody anything. You yeah. only have to answer to yourself. Yeah. Take a break. Take a break. For Even sure. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last few months is I don't have to record everything I make. I don't have no. to share everything I make. No. I always felt like everything I sew, I need to share it with you guys. And y'all, I don't. Sorry, but sometimes I just sew for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can't share stuff because I'm sewing it for work and I'm sewing it months in advance and you'll see it eventually. But, you know, I can't, can't, I just, I can't share it all. I got to keep mm-hmm. some things for myself. Yeah, for sure. It's so, okay. I mean, and that's okay. You only show like 10% of your life to your social media. So why not only share 10% of your work? You're selling. Yeah. It's whatever. It's yeah. your life. You can do whatever you want, but, um, when it comes to a lot of pajamas, you don't want to see all the pajamas. (laughs) That's all she's been making for the past life. Loungewear after loungewear. I say lounge set. It's not pajamas, right? Oh, I do love a good lounge set. I've already been going, "Mm, I should make some fresh jammies for my trip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Um, Um. Well, let's see here. I think supportive sewing accessories are also really important. So we talked about that, but then we need to talk about stress management. And I think we kind of hit on this a little bit, um, but if, if sewing becomes stressful and this is your hobby, you need to introduce other de stressors. Take a break. So what I like to do is go into the sun. Ooh, Get some yeah. vitamin D. Take a break. Just sit in the sun. You know, that is just like, that just rejuvenates you. Get Yes, go for a walk on a beautiful, cool day or whatever. Hug your dog or cat or whatever Maybe you Maybe start got. doing yoga or something or meditating. That's always, you know, we all need to get in touch with ourselves. I just hug my dog. I just squeeze her yes. until she's like... And I just friend. tell her, I hold her, and then I was like, I love you, I love you, I love you. You're the yeah, prettiest girl in the whole wide world. Definitely. And then I feel better. I mean, there's there's no coincidence <laughs> that most people who craft have, like, a little emotional support animal, whether it's oh, a cat yeah. or a dog. Like, they always or, do. Right, or a squirrel or a snake yeah, or whatever it is. Like, they're not alone in the sewing room, you know? No. Like, you just have that, you feel like there's someone else there with you. And then if you talk to yourself, you don't feel like a complete idiot because at least someone's listening. <laughs> I get it. So y'all may not know this, but Biscuit is always in the room when we're recording podcasts. Yeah. So is Blue. She's, she's curled somewhere. up. She's got her own bed in the studio just so she can be comfortable and resting. But she's always right there. And it's funny. It's like when she can tell I'm like... Yep. I, she needs to check in with me for whatever reason. And I may not even understand at the moment that I need it. She'll come over and put her legs up on my, her front legs up on my thigh and stretch and oh, scratch no. at me. And I just pet her and you can't ever see her, but she's right here. And I it's just like mm-hmm. the little bit of serotonin I needed to just be like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so exactly. yeah, um, I sometimes if I'm having a stressful day, my son does school from home. 
So I'll get off a meeting or be get stuck on a project or I'm trying to figure something out and I'll just get up and walk down the hall and go to the other end of the house to his room and I'll just walk in and give him a big old hug. Aww. He's like, you okay? And I'm like, I just needed a hug. Hmm. Hugs have power. They do. And I don't they think get, we get enough. release endorphins. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the pandemic cut our quantities of hugs that we're used to getting significantly. Oh yeah. We don't realize how much we need those. Mm -hmm. So Brock and I give each other hugs every day, sometimes multiple times a day. But I've heard recently that you need on average a minimum of 10 hugs a day to be getting those endorphins that you should be getting. And I'm like, I think I've gone 10 days without a hug. I'm like in a severe deficit. Does hugging my dog count? Because I hug her all the time. And Gus gives me hugs. He's a really good hugger. For a dog. <laughs> Do they release the same endorphins as human I mean, human contact, To be honest, it's a dog. <laughs> it's not a bony six-foot teenager, so who doesn't really want to hug me? Me and my children, we have... I, I think I have too much endorphins because <laughs> they, they hug, like, every... Enjoy it while it lasts. Well, exactly, because they're still young and little, and I can, you know, hug them so much. Like, Jack, he was downstairs, and... Like, he just says all the right things. He's nine. He comes upstairs, and I said, I want a hug. And he gives me a huge hug. And I said, what are you doing? He's, like, loving you. And I'm like, (laughs) He always says the right things. I'm like, so you're just downstairs loving me? He's like, yeah. Little boys are the best. He is. He has to do sweet things like that. He'll he'll do all sorts of sweet things. He He did a load of towels the other day, and nobody asked him to. And I was just like, did you wash the towels? And he's like, nice. yeah. I was like, did you remember to put them in the dryer? And he goes, yeah, I just need to fold them. And then he goes and folds them and puts them all back on the racks and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right I, I love you. Like, that's how he gives me hugs now. And I'm like, or he does it. Acts of service. Yes. It's one of my love languages. So I am so glad that he does it. <laughs> Wow. So um, the next thing we wanted to talk about was community and support. And I think mm. this has been a big thing um in the, my last year that I I didn't realize I needed and I think this podcast kind of validated how much we need the sewing community and those connections to support each other and then to do our sewing um retreat that we did in June mm-hmm. was like yeah magical and I didn't even realize how much I needed that bonding time with you all. Um, so that was really special. And then because of that, I was like, I, I know I can't go on a sewing retreat every month. Um, I don't have the budget for that as much as I would love to. Um, so I said, how can I continue this in smaller doses in between doing future sewing retreats? Mm-hmm. And so I started this, the Music City Stitchers Club here in Nashville, where we meet up once a month for on a Saturday and we sew together and we all work on our own projects. It's very informal. There's no teaching classes or any pressure like that. It's just come and sew with like-minded people. And y'all, it has been so much fun. So if you nice. are in a community and you don't have that and you can't find that, start it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's just you and one other person. I mean, I'm telling you, we have 30 people on our list. We don't have 30 people every time. Sometimes right. it's, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 15. It depends on, cause it's fall. So a lot of kids are in, you know, a lot of them have younger kids. And so they have like sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they can come when they can, but you know, this is just a way for us to connect. Some of them, it's their only time to get to sew without interruptions either. And so they're like, you know, I'm here visiting with you guys, but I just got this whole project done that would have taken me three days with my kids around. You know? Nice. So yeah. There, so there there's sports to sit and actually do the project mm-hmm. rather than being distracted at yes. home. And mm-hmm. so it's just nice. It, and um, we've really been enjoying it and getting to know one another and supporting each other. Nice. And then, you know, meeting up at the OSQE with some of them too. And so oh, nice. I, I highly encourage you to, even if it's just one friend and you get together at one of your houses, you know, once a month to sew together, make it a priority and honor that time. Don't mm-hmm. bail on it every time or re- set a time and commit to it and honor it. So, um, you know, I think it's important that you, 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 it's precious time and so, you give back to yourself and your friends in that community. 
the place that you hold these, it's at an assisted living facility? It's not an assisted living. It's just a retirement community. Oh, okay. What now? Do you have people come in and... Yes. Okay. So doing? the space that we're renting from them is like their game room okay. where they have like backgammon and, you know, bridge and like, they're just card, big, big, nice wooden card tables. And then we have other tables and chairs we bring in. And it's got like a little mini kitchenette and fridge so we can have drinks and snacks and stuff. um, But it's an open room, meaning like right off the hallway of the second floor. There's no doors into this room. It's like an open door, big doorway. And so, yeah, the employees will come in and see what we're doing. The the residents will come in and see what we're doing. Um, Their families, when they're visiting, they love to come in and see what we're doing. We had one lady bring her brother machine down to us. And was like, I can't figure out how to thread this machine. Aww. And so Jennifer and I sat there with her and we helped her thread it and got her comfortable with it. She was missing a few pieces. So she had to go to her room and bring them back down. And so she was so appreciative. And I said, well, do you want to sit and sew with us? She goes, oh, no, honey, it's lunchtime. Yeah. So she went to her lunch and I said, well, you're <laughs> welcome to come back later if you want. But that was when she had her nap. And um, so they're, it's funny. They're on like a very strict like routine. Yeah. Um, with every, they have so many activities, like it's a beautiful, beautiful facility with multiple floors. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. They provide all their meals and everything and they make sure they take their medicines, but it's an unassisted, like it's like apartments. Yeah. Yeah. They probably have like a nurse on staff. They do. They have, they have people there for emergencies and things, Mm -hmm. but, um, or if people need help with like, in the, you know, a wheelchair or something, but, but it's a really good space. Cause there's a lot of those buildings and those yeah. rooms aren't being utilized. And, but the people, the demographic, it, they're older. So like most yeah. of them probably so. And so they would love that. So they awesome. are, they are so excited to see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talked to the group and I said, I feel like we should do like a give back project for the residents yeah. and thank you for letting us use their space. So we are in the process of making little Christmas tree ornaments. So everybody brought in like the scrap Christmas fabric, ribbons, buttons, yeah. and some batting. And we're making, we're using one of my Christmas ornament patterns and we're making Christmas tree ornaments to give to all the residents, which we have to make quite a few. There's like, I was going to say how many? <laughs> 140 residents, but we work well, on it. We're a big group. Every time, so. every time we get together, we work on them, and then people t- can take stuff home and make them on their own time and bring their finished ones. So I'm collecting those as we oh go. God, so I'm hoping we get enough. Stuff. I want to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be sharing those, but um, they're just a quick, easy sew, and um, they just use pinking shears, and it's mm-hmm. nothing fancy, but it's cute, and I think that they would appreciate it, and it's the least we could do yeah. for letting us spend, you know, we're there from 10 to 4 on one Saturday oh, wow. a month, so we're there mm-hmm. for a long time, and then they love it. They love it, nice. and I love it when they stop by and ask us what we're doing, because um, they t- typically will share a story of th- how they used to sew. Yeah, yeah exactly. They used to sew. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. And, um, and I highly recommend building some sort of community or group if in your area, if you don't have one or find one that you can be a part of, um, because it's worth it. And I think the reason there's a lot of like quilt guilds and those kind of things, but they typically meet during the week and a lot of us work. Um, and so they only cater to those who can meet during the week. So that's why I wanted to start one that could meet on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. We do one Saturday a month. So anyways. Um, so the community is a really big thing and, you know, I, you know, we, we've talked about like taking breaks, pacing, you know, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, if you're having persistent pain, discomfort, health issues, mental or physical, we, we ask that you listen to your body and seek professional help. We're not doctors. Mm -hmm. We can only share our best tips and learn from our own mistakes. Um, And that's, we just want you to take care of yourself so that you can continue to craft and enjoy the love of sewing. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's something that we can take for granted if we're not careful. So, you know, I think I want to implement like maybe every three months I go for a massage because 
I mean, one, I could probably write it off. <laughs> it's <laughs> a work business. Yeah. Yeah. But like, w- we should treat ourselves once in a while. And yeah. I love massages. I'll go get adjusted at the chiropractor, but, you know, sometimes you just need like a good deep tissue. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time I had one of those. Oh, me and too. Now that you're talking about it, my shoulder hurts and it really wants one. I can already, <laughs> I always feel it already. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. And as the winter approaches, I feel like that's when I ache more. Yeah. Yeah, the My weather body. is just horrible. I'm so glad we're talking about this right before my 39th birthday. And I'm about to, I just I feel like I, I had this conversation with my dad this morning because he was like, what oh, are we yeah. doing for your birthday? Are we going to dinner or something? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, we got to do something. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not super In thrilled. And he was like, Her birthday will have passed on Tuesday though. So when you, this is released, yeah. she will be officially don't say it anyways. So I, I think it's the, I think, and I told my dad this, I said, I think it's the combination of this is my last year of my thirties. Yeah. And I have a senior in high school and we're shot, like we're applying to colleges and scholarships and yeah. it's all um, at the same time. And I mentally cannot handle it. It's a lot. I mean, oh my goodness, there's some big changes coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And I've been in my late, my last year of my 30s for so long. I feel like I'm already on the cusp of, I'm already on the cusp of 40. And you haven't even turned 39 yet. Like, what the heck? Yeah, we're about six months apart or so. Six or seven months. And my birthday's still technically kind of far because it's in March, but I still just feel like it's just coming quickly. I know. I uh, I told my dad on the phone this morning, I said, I don't feel like I'm an adult enough to be this age because I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> right. I said that to my kids. I don't know. I still don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. And yeah. that is okay. <laughs> but if I'm not the only one, then uh, we'll just ride this ride and see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I hope you guys enjoy this chat about sewing health. It, it literally is about listening to your body, listening to your mind, listening to your heart and your gut, and just make sure you're taking care of yourself in all aspects that means. And we're not always the best at doing it, but maybe if we talk about it and we put it at the forefront of our minds, it'll remind us to, hey, yeah, did you take a break today? Yeah. Or, hey, I'm burnt out and I'm about to cry. Just stop. Take a break. Yeah. Walk away. Um, That's okay. Bethany. Yeah. I'm preaching to myself, y'all. Like, literally. When you start to cry, that's when you know you've gone too far. Yeah, that's going to be me. Like, if my crochet project's all wet. Yeah. Perfect for the blocking, I guess. You're already halfway there. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all. I just, I don't know. I, I do love the crocheting, though, I have to say. It's nice because it's, it's great because it's something I can do on the road. Exactly. So when I'm sitting in a hotel, I don't like to just sit and watch TV. I got to do something and I don't want to just sit and scroll my phone. So I'm like, I need Mm -hmm. to be doing, that's the ADHD. I have to be doing something with my hands. Mm -hmm. So I already have little kits that I'm going to be taking with me to convention. So while I'm sitting at the airport on the plane, uh, in the hotel, waiting for stuff to start or whatever. I mean, I'm going to be working a lot of it, but I have to, this is like a, a decompression yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, um, I'll be taking those with me to work on. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because I can't sew all the time. Nope. So it's good to have alternatives. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you tried one of those hand sewing? No. <laughs> they're, the, they're the worst. I bet. <sighs> I almost sewed my hand. It was awful. It's like a stapler. Yeah. But with a needle. So dumb. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) The videos I see of people using them, I'm like, "Mm, I I don't think it ever works like that. I can just hem them when they're hanging. Oh my God. Like, no one. No. I I would rather staple my hem if I'm going to do that. It probably would be better. Glue. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you, gum. Can't, <laughs> if you can't take it down, there's a way. 
Hem tape? Like, come on now. Any of it. Any of it. Yeah. All right. So next week, we're going to come back and talk about sewing on a budget. Mm. <laughs> Super. Last person to talk about this topic, but Ashley yeah. is the opposite of me. She's very frugal in the right ways and she loves to thrift. I am the polar opposite of her. So this will be a fun conversation yeah. and we'll just see which end of the spectrum you fall on between the two of us. Yes. I'd love to know. And if it's opposite of me, don't judge me. And I'm sorry. I am who I am. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, guys, we appreciate you listening. I hope you take some of these reminders into practice. Take care of yourselves. We love you. And we want to keep sewing with you. And until next week, happy sewing. Bye. Bye.